This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. Welcome to podcast episode number 276. We are the Fight Disciples. This one is dedicated to the world of mixed martial arts, mainly UFC, but there's a lot to talk about from other franchises this weekend. Uh, so we'll get stuck into that in a moment or two. If this is the first time you've ever come across us, you can subscribe via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for, and you can get uh, all our Android feeds, Spotify, anything that you wish on our website, fightdisciples.com. All over social media too, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and YouTube, at The Fight Disciples on Instagram. And I encourage you to go there this week because there's a lot of content going up because we've got a few videos uh, with various fighters from boxing and from MMA uh, going up on our uh, on our website with UFC Prague coming up this weekend and Chris Fishgold being in action. Now, I've done an interview with Fishy. We'll put it on the website this week. Did you Did you not listen to that intro that I just did? I said, go to our YouTube channel because there will be videos going up from the world of boxing and the world of mixed martial arts because this week, Chris Fish goes on in Prague. Now, people listening to the show will have automatically thought, oh, the lads have spoken to Fishy. It's tremendous. You fucking moron. Who's been in Amsterdam? Me or you? Sorry. Oh, yeah, I've, yeah, I've spoken to them. But that... Yeah, listen to what I'm saying, man. <laughs> Sorry, is that what it is? Zoomed out this is what you do, right? When... Zoomed out for a minute. Then. No, I'm getting a little bit upset about this because there's a geezer. I don't know whether you're paying him or whatever, right? He keeps tweeting the show on our account saying, well, it doesn't matter if Adam's not there. Just fucking put the show up because all he does is edit it anyway. <laughs> this is what happens. You and, that, you and this lad, who, whoever he is, Neth, Neth or whatever he's called, right? I reckon you two, because I know that you do it, you fast-forward my bits in the show. That's what you do. <laughs> boring, boring. Right, next. Absolutely. And as soon as you can hear a little bit of Scouse twang, you mm-hmm. slow it down a bit so you can listen to the show. Straight back in. Is that what you just do in general life whenever I'm speaking? You just switch off? Pretty much. Is it? Pretty much. Shall we start? Please. Okay. Now, with me being in Amsterdam over the weekend, um, I never watched any um, mixed martial arts live. So I've you had to, lucky bastard. Well, I've had to catch all. <laughs> you're looking at the headliners. Yes. You lucky bastard. I uh, I checked a lot of my social media feeds because you were at Cage Warriors yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, there were two Bellator shows and a UFC show. Um, and as I'm reading it, I'm thinking, I've picked a decent weekend to be away here. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, not too good. However, I did put myself through the pen of uh, MVP uh, and Paul Daly. Now, all I can do is apologise. Now, I know... When we started this show, when we started Fight Disciples three, three and a bit years ago, our boxing show immediately took off. Mm-hmm. That's, that's where the majority of our listenership was coming from, our boxing show. Yeah. Now, <clears throat> over a period of time, we've convinced quite a lot of boxing fans, hey man, come over to MMA. MMA's all right. Mm-hmm. It's not that bad. You know, yes, we'll tell you how it is. There's a few boring bits, but there's some nice bits as well. And hopefully you can come on a little bit of a journey with us. Now, over a period of three and a half years, what we've seen with the, the listenership of our MMA show and our boxing show, they've aligned mm-hmm. because a lot of boxing fans have come over and they've gone, actually, it's all right. And these lads tell it how it is. We've got to do that exactly right now because on last week's show, we were, we were having a wank. We were giving you the big end. We were saying, listen, come and watch this because yeah. this is going to be flames. It's going to be tremendous. Is MVP the real deal? Paul Semtex daily only knows how to fight one way. They're going to throw down. It's going to go off. I'm sorry. I didn't see that coming. No. I didn't see Semtex deciding to totally change his game plan and do something that he's never ever done in a in a, in a mixed martial arts octagon. He's never fought like that. No. What was he playing at? He's had a go of people for fighting like that as well. 
He's, he's had previous fights where he's publicly slammed people like John Fitch for behaving like that and for taking that kind of attitude. That is not Paul Daly at all. That is not how he competes. You don't get a nickname, Semtex, right? By, by, leg, com- fucking, by leg fucking someone. Yeah. Get in there and throw your fists. Yeah, you might get caught, but fuck it, man. Mate, all the experience Daly's got as well. Like, I don't know. I think he just, I think he just tried to catch Michael Venom Page off. No, nah, I'll tell you what it was. It's the fear of losing to him. Yeah, maybe it was so, the yeah. fear of losing yeah, he lost, to he him. Did lose to him though? Yeah, of course he did lose to him. But and he, fear uh, of getting knocked out by him then maybe. That's that's definitely what it was. Yeah, the fear of getting stopped, the fear of getting humiliated by Michael Venom Page forced Paul Daly to go against all his natural instincts and to fight like a crab. And and he's got to live with that now. Unfortunately, mm. Mm. he'd be better off going out on his sword than putting in a performance like that because it was shite. It was terrible. I just think. It's a th- terrible fight. For for us in the UK, and I know there's people that are in America that listen to this as well, but for us in the UK, this was the first one that was on the new Sky Sports package deal. Yeah. MMA's not been on Sky Sports for a long period of time. A lot of people will have taped it, some will have stayed up to watch it, no question about it. Well, loads and- of fuck because Sky or someone at Bellator advising Sky completely fucked up the timings. I only got to see the main event because I know with Bellator... You know, they fucked up in the past. So I recorded an extra hour after the scheduled program had finished to make sure I got the entire fight. Had I not done that, I wouldn't have even had the first round of of, of, this, of this fight. And loads of fight all fans right. were going, fuck's sake, I recorded it. And all I've got is halfway through Mirko Crocop versus Roy Nelson and my feed's gone off because the actual scheduled program... Is yours had... a Skybox? No, I've got a Virgin. But Maybe that's what it is then. Because my Sky took care of it. Oh, right, okay, yeah. Well, Virgin, you've got to fucking make sure you do the extra hour as ah, well. Ah, right. Just in case it runs over. And I, it was starting at 4 a.m. And I was like, you showed me the entire main card in the space of two hours. Well, there's like eight fights on here or six fights or whatever it was. It's right. like That will not, you, will, you won't get that many fights in. Never mind if they're all first round knockouts. Programming, it should be 30 minutes per fight. That's kind of how it breaks down. Six fights here, that's at least two and a half hours. And you're giving me two hours of broadcast time. So that's why I recorded the extra hour. I'm lucky I did, otherwise I wouldn't have even seen the fight at all. Well, maybe that would have been a blessing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You didn't, if you did miss it, you didn't miss fuck all. Mm. It's not a fight you want to go back and watch again. And it was the most un-Michael Page, un-Paul Daly performances you're ever likely to see. And that is really what is the most upsetting because I felt I felt for people like Gareth, well, mate Gareth A. Davies, who build this up to fuck. I feel for him because he's in, man. You know, he's, he's trying to... He's trying to push this Bellator product to us, and we were in. That was the fight. It's on Sky, two fucking big names. The, you know, admit the biggest fight featuring two Brits, the most significant fight featuring two Brits on on the biggest stage we've seen two Brits compete on. Don't get me wrong. You know, if Till and Edwards win in London, they both fight each other at the end of the year. It be, that becomes the biggest fight featuring two Brits. But right here, right now, Daily versus MVP was the biggest fight we've seen in the sport at the highest level featuring two Brits, and for it to play out like that. Mm. In the most un-British way possible, I felt, I felt for everyone, man. Mate, I was, I'm disappointed for everybody. Loses fans because of course that's you only what I mean. get one first impression, don't you? Exactly. Brit, a lot of Brits maybe listening to this and various other podcasts or various other radio shows. Or people see who don't people have in, BT Sports. Yeah, who have only got Sky packages. What's gone, the, okay, finally, yeah, I'll yeah, have a look exactly. at this MMA. Yeah. I'll take it. I'll have a look, and then you've gone in. I reckon you'll have only watched the first round and gone, "What the fuck is this?" Yeah. Well, the undercard didn't help. You know, loads of old legends going to point decisions. 
and they're talking up, oh, you know, Mirko Crocop no, this and rubbish. Pride and blah. If you're a newbie fan, you're like, I don't give a f- I don't know who the fuck this guy is. I don't care. Yeah. I'm here for one thing only. Knockout. These two British guys who've been going at each other hammer and tongue for a year on Sky Sports News. That's why I'm here. I'll put it on because this guy is the most crazy knockout merchant in the world. And this guy apparently has been knocking people out with one punch with a death touch for the last 10 years. I mean, show me something. And they've watched five minutes, as you're saying, gone, this is fucking wank. I'm going to bed. I'll stick with Premier League football, thanks. Mm. And that is what Bellator's missed out on. Mm. Big time. Um, shall Shame. We talk, shall we... Um, I know we're throwing a lot of shade on the on this Bellator main event. Shall we throw some shade on... Uh, other uh, main events from around the world well, over the be, weekend? Yeah, exactly, because there was four main events and all four main events from the four biggest shows Shit. of the weekend were terrible. They just didn't deliver. <laughs> so yeah, Bellator on, Monday, uh, on Friday night, yeah? Yeah, Bellator 215 on Monday night was... was Friday night. Friday night, sorry, was Mitrione versus Karatinov. That ended after 15 seconds after <laughs> Mitrione kicked <laughs> him in the plums. I swear to God, Karatinov must be like fucking... You know, he'd be singing We're Walking in the Air tone perfectly right now. Yeah. He must... I'm, I hope he hasn't... I hope he's got kids because he ain't ever having kids again. So that fight was was was, was ruled a no contest. seconds. Literally the first thing he did. He literally come out, circled each other, and Mitrione just kicked him in the bollocks. <laughs> it was like a, a fight... Like a fight outside Yates where you go like, street fight, here we go. Fuck this, I'm just going to kick it in the nuts and the fight's over. That's exactly how it played out. Then, of course, MVP Paul Daly completely and utterly failed to deliver. Mm. I was at Cage Warriors where yeah. Tom Aspinall was fighting. And, like, Tom Aspinall, we waited three years. We had all the build-up. Oh, Tyson Fury's training partner, Darren Till's training partner. He fights Booker Chews, a dangerous opponent. And they're circling, circling, circling. And it was, like, again, seconds into the fight before Aspinall throws a low leg kick, a left leg kick. Uh, Bukachu no, throws a right kick Aspinall checks it with his left and Bukachu's leg just completely and utterly shatters very Anderson Silver Chris Weidman wasn't exactly it exactly like Anderson Silver Chris Weidman it goes viral immediately and that was like end of the fight end of the fight and then of course on Sunday night we went and had Kane versus Francis Ngannou 26 seconds in Kane's missed, missed the glass Kane's yeah. body fucking breaks down yeah. On this. Game over. On this, right. Not a good weekend. Well, let's go to that main event. Let's go to Ngannou versus Kane, right? Because we were excited about this. Can All the rhetoric last week on this show, is Kane's body up to it? Yep. That was the chat. Yep. If his body's up to it, we're in for a cracker because Kane, on his day, is the best. Yep. Heavyweight, no question. His body's not up to it. No. Now, all these other dudes that were watching it and commenting on it, that work in the world of mixed martial arts journalism, stop telling me that the dude knocked him out. He didn't knock him out. No. Nope. Do what... It's even been scored KO knockout. Oh, mate. It's utter nonsense. Mate, come on, right? Oh, the power in Francis and Garnet. <laughs> what? Little short arm jab. No, fuck off, right? A proper Ngarnu punch is when he took uh, Overeem's head off. That yeah. I'll give you that. He yeah. knocked him out that night. Mm-hmm. He listen. It was more of a pu- he was pushing him slightly, and and Kane's. Quite obviously, you watch the replay. His legs give way, and as soon as his legs give way, watch his face. His face, he goes, fuck, he's in agony. Now, I don't know whether the referee, maybe because he's got his back to him or whatever it may be, he's thought, oh, was there a punch? He's been hit and all that type of stuff. And listen, the referee's job is to protect the fighter at all times. He is incapacitated. He can't fucking walk, mate, right? The referee's done a good job. I'm not saying that it's a bad stoppage or anything like that. It's a top stoppage because he's going to get pummeled in two seconds. But, if his knee doesn't give way, how does the fight play out? We don't know. No. We don't know. We don't know where Francis Ngannou's at at this moment in time because 26 seconds into the fight, his opponent's leg gave way. And that is the reason why that fight ended. 100%. And, you know, 
there's not much you can see or or or, or, or analyze in 26 seconds like that. You know, yes, he was Kane was pouring forward, obviously looking to drive him up exactly what we said, drive him up against the fence, look for the takedown, beat him up on the ground. Yeah, that's what he was trying to do. Obviously, Ngani was swinging away. It would have to be like Bruce Lee's phantom one-inch punch oh. to carry any kind of power mm. in that position. Kane's pretty much got his head on on Ngani's chest anyway because he's kind of f- stumbling forward, as I say, looking for the looking for the legs, looking for the takedown. And Ngannou's kind of leaning back towards the fence and, and just kind of lifting his head up. He's, the punches he's throwing, or the cuffing shots he's throwing, they're not, they're not knockout punches. They're not power punches. He hasn't got they're, enough leverage to throw the stand shot. Up. Yeah, exactly. They, they're trying to push Kane's head up so we can get some hooks on there to stand Kane up to stop him from taking them down. They're not power shots, you fucking morons. <laughs> they're just little... <laughs> I, I think it was, it was Kane... Because people going... Yeah, but what happens is you land an uppercut like that, and then your your, ba- your brain gets combobulated, and then your, your your brain can't tell your knee to be straight, and then your knee gives a fuck, fuck off. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? What the fuck are you talking about? If that was the case, when Kane falls down, mm. you would have seen his eyes going in different directions. You would have seen him visibly hit by the punch, mm. but he wasn't. He as he was falling, he's gone ah, as if to go, my fucking legs just gone. That's what he was doing. You don't get punched in the face and re- respond by going, ah, and a big scream. It doesn't happen. That's not the response when you get punched in the head. Mm. It doesn't happen like that. So all that nonsense, I, I still can't believe, as I say, it's down as a KO because it's, you know, it was a TKO. It was a doctor stoppage. It was, a, you know, whatever you want to call it, a count out, whatever you want to call it. But it is what it is. You know what? It kind of, that's the end for Kane now. Oh, absolutely. You he know. has to pack it in now. He's got to. His body's just. His, bo- his body's like, let him he's down. He's not talking like that, though, is he? He's saying, "Well, I don't know what's, ne- mate. I tell you what's next. Yeah, it's gone. Yeah, let it go. Uh, because his body's just in bits. You know, he had his time. There was a there was a time there. It's like Chris Weidman. There was a moment in time when he was the best heavyweight around, and people were saying, "Wow, this guy could be the best heavyweight we've ever seen." We get that all the time. Memme, obviously, because it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's only a twenty-six-year-old sport. But he's had his time. He can't bounce back now. If his body. He's had such a long time out to recover from injuries, and now he's just been his, his body's just broken down after twenty six seconds again. That's got to be a red flag to yeah. say we physically we just can't do this anymore. Mm-hmm. All those years of grinding on the wrestling mats, his knees, his back, his ankles, he's just shot to bits. It is what it is. There's there's no there's no way back from this. Mm. Speaking of uh, well, I will tell you what, on the on on the back of that, off the knee injury which ended a fight. Let's talk about Felder because oh, I, 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 read, I read a report on Felder yesterday. Regarding this is true. This is true. What he, the with punctured a, lung with a collapsed lung in yeah. the last round, and he just cracks on. Can you believe that? Shit? <laughs> He's off his head, isn't he? Don't forget, this is Paul Felder that broke his arm doing yeah. a spin and back fist in yeah. a previous fight and carried on throwing them and carried on throwing them. <laughs> And finished the fight. The guys said on last week's show, he, you know, he's fucking made the scrap iron, Paul Iron, uh, Paul Felder. Yeah, yeah. He's absolutely unreal. And uh, it's a great fight between him and James Vick. That's it, the for me. What there is another fight which I'll get to in a minute, but that was a, yeah. I enjoyed it. It was a brilliant fight. And to be honest with you, kudos as well. I mentioned it last week that I was really disappointed with Dominic Crim, Dominic Cruz's commentary the other week, and I was like, oh, he's lost it, man. How the fuck was I saying he's the best around? I thought his commentary on this event and particularly for this fight was absolutely spot on. So I'm just putting that down. That was Dominic Cruz. I had a bad night the other week because I thought he was fucking outstanding again. And in this fight especially, the way he was breaking down Vic and and for such an accomplished Golden Gloves level boxer, Vic, 
He doesn't half stand with his head chin up in the yeah, air. Yeah, he does. He reminds me a lot of Stefan Struve in the heavyweight division. He's so big. He's six foot three and he makes five. He makes one hundred and fifty-five pound. Yeah. How the fuck? He's two inches taller than me, and he makes one hundred and fifty-five pound. I remember when I was training properly and in shape. It took a sports scientist to get me. At six foot one down to 168 pounds to ride the racehorse. And I swear to God, I was like a fucking crackhead. <laughs> Honestly, I was so thin and frail. It was unbelievable. You've got, I was, you got, you got big bones, though, ain't you? Heavy bones. I've got a big cock and all that. <laughs> I don't know if I'm bones. <laughs> you've got only, a big head. Listen, you've only said that, so then the orange ape does one of them photo <laughs> memes of you with a massive <laughs> schlong. That's the only reason you've said that. That African dude that yeah, makes yeah, schlong on my the, face. <laughs> yeah, because you want now that as your profile pic. <laughs> Isn't it? Don't say that. He'll probably do the opposite. No. Don't say that. Don't little, say that. little nudge That's all you the, need. The point I'm trying to make is he's two inches taller than me and... Physically, a sports scientist at John Moores University, my minimum weight, and granted I was 30 at the time, 31, whatever it was, my minimum weight was 168 pounds. I had to find a horse, especially that could take my weight and go on a racetrack and everything else. And the, Physically, I couldn't have gone any lighter. So what you're saying is how that he can, still shifts a, a How stone. can a six foot three man make 155 pounds? Not healthily. How does that work? Well, you know that. You know that this game, what this what this is, he fucking, he's killing himself to get himself down there, literally. It's fucking unbelievable. So, uh, t- uh, listen, I'm a huge fan of James Vick. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, he is a sleeping giant. However, quite literally, what Dominic Cruz is picking up on here with Felder, he does snap, he puts, he, he pours the jab out and pushes his chin up in the air. And Cruz nailed it, and I was like, "My God, you are absolutely right. How can such an accomplished boxer be like that?" Now, the only way to think about it is he's he's punching down because he's fighting the much smaller guys, or he's weight training lethargic. He's not fucking, you know, he hasn't got that zip in him. He hasn't got that head movement. Mm-hmm. His head movement's dead straight. He doesn't move his head at all. Mate, James Vick could be like an Anthony Smith. James Vick's true potential could be up at welterweight mm. rather than this lightweight division, and I think that's the logical move for him next. You lose against Paul Felder, with all due respect to Paul Felder, tough as old boots, love the guy, would love him to go on a run now. But he ain't never going to be lightweight champion. I truly thought Vic may have had a run at the lightweight belt, had a mm. chance at it. Mm. I want to see Vic move up to welterweight now, let his body fill out. Regarding great Felder. Fight, though. Yo, mate, great fight, though. It was a great fight. Felder's been pulled, you know, he was supposed to be doing the ESPN desk in Prague yeah, this weekend. He's... But he's been pulled because he got a fucking collapsed lung. Yeah. How'd you fight with a collapsed lung? Well, Paul Felder, that's what you Jesus do. Jesus Christ. We're talking about him and Getchy. Can you imagine oh, that? Fuck Can you that. imagine that? Wow. <laughs> Just lock the cage behind these two and let him have a do. That's a pay-per-view event, that, isn't it? That's a pay-per-view. Don't need a title. No referee required. No judges required. Just pride it. Just fucking give them a 10-minute round. Just let them fight for 10 minutes non-stop. <laughs> uh, fight of the night, and I agree with this because um, having watched everything back, I read the report of uh, of the night. I saw what fight of the night were. I had to go really early in the prelims to get it. Uh, but Vicente Luque against uh, Brian Barbarina. Brilliant. It's a great fight. Fucking brilliant. So that's the only thing I'm going to recommend from this weekend. If you haven't seen that, go and have a little bit of a knock. Three rounds yeah, of to, absolute to be honest, mess. I know we were, t- we were saying there about the main event, the, the the four main events failing to deliver, absolutely. But the I thought the card, the UFC card from Sunday night was was brilliant. Mm. Obviously, the main event didn't happen, but the the, the, the card itself was brilliant. How did Barbarena um, survive that first round? No fucking idea. Because it was like he was getting hit in the head with a cricket bat constantly. I know, but then there was times in the second round I was like, how good is Luke's chin? Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm talking the first round. Just the first round. Yeah. Barbarena got his head kicked in in the yeah. first round. 
and he was still there. Yeah, yeah. And then obviously they dished it back out in the second round. That's why it's such a tremendous fight because there were a lot of back and forth in there and a lot of ebbs and flows. Just amazing chins. You're just like, how the fuck are you getting cracked <laughs> with those four ounce gloves like that? And you're just walking forward and just pushing it off. And it was a shame in the end that Barbarena got stopped because he'd weathered so much pain early on. But these are the type of fights where you're like, you know, I have the conversation all the time with people who are, who look, who, Dipping and out of fight sports, but more boxing fans than MMA, and they go, well, you know, that MMA, it's a lot more dangerous. And I'm like, actually, no. You know, I, I, would, I would say boxing's probably more dangerous because you get more repetitive head trauma than in MMA. It doesn't really happen. But then you see fights like this, and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. fuck me. You know what I mean? They're, they're the fights that take take miles off the clock. And the finish by Luque with those knees on Barbarena, Jesus Christ, mm. what a way to finish the fight. But for me, that wasn't even the standout moment. Don't talk to me about Crom. Mate, is that, that what it is? Stole the fucking show. Right. Go on. G- give us your spiel and then I'm going oh. to counterattack it. Well, it was one, absolutely 100% predicted on this show last yes. week that well, we were going to see. Mate, mate, everybody in the world predicted that a Gracie <laughs> would take someone's back and chalk the fucker out. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I know that I'll give you some valuable insight on last week's show. <laughs> Against the guy that's been tapped out before. <laughs> I thought he was fucking remarkable. And you know what? <clears throat> Do you know why it made me especially happy? Go on. It's 25 years since we've seen a Gracie take someone's back, sub them out inside the octagon. Correct. You know, we, 94, yeah. And it, it's given me newfound confidence that Liverpool are going to win the league. That's, uh, because... What do you mean? You didn't win it in 94. You didn't win anything in 94. I'm just... It's been a period of time. I'm just saying it's fucking... Oh, don't... Looking for fucking dodgy it's, connections it's, it's been, in order to bring it back to your football. It's been 20 years and I just think this is <clears> the year. If Cron Gracie's back, if the Gracie family is back <clears> doing their thing in the UFC, yeah. Liverpool are going to win the league. It was an omen. I've seen it. It was in my tea bags. How have you connected that? I've, I've connected it. That's all you need to know. No. I've connected it. Liverpool are going to win the league. Cause, right. Because Gracie's are submitting people inside the octagon. <sighs> I'll tell you where my beef is with Gracie, right? The performance is brilliant. Yep. No question about it. But you, even, as, as, even as a non-jujitsu guy, even yeah, as someone that's learning the jujitsu side of the sport I'm in. as it goes along, I enjoyed it. you must have seen that and gone, that's fucking amazing. Yes, it was. It was, right? But as we've seen with Gracie's in the past, one-trick ponies, son. Absolute one-trick ponies. What about if some someone who's got an half-decent Brazilian jiu-jitsu game mm-hmm. can... St- Listen, he's, le- he's legit, right? But if they, if if you know what he's going to do, because he's only going to do one thing, and if you are multifaceted in this sport, all the top champions across the line, right? They've got, they're at least nine out of ten in two disciplines in this sport. At least nine out of ten. You look, for example, Tyron Woodley. Good wrestling background can knock people out, right? Mm-hmm. Look all the way down the champions; they're at least decent in two. I don't know whether Congress has got good fists. I don't know. But I know that he's fucking 10 out of 10 when it comes to taking people's backs. Yeah? Similar to a Damian Meyer. Yep. There's ways to beat him, is what I'm saying. Yes, it's exciting. There's a Gracie in the UFC. He's put in a wonderful debut performance. It couldn't have gone any better for him. As he steps up, is he going to get found out? I'm going to say yes. But you could argue that <clears throat> he is so good at jiu-jitsu. He is such an elite grappler. That- yeah. If he gets old, yeah, he's submitting you. It's like I said, as they tried to stay on his feet, he just fucking pulled guard. That's it. And he, he's such, he's on such an elite level that if he gets old of you, there's <laughs> nothing you can do. No matter how good you are at jujitsu, this is the, this is the guy. This is one of the top guys on the planet at that sport. 
Is he at such an elite level that it don't fucking matter? It don't matter if you've got a black belt or whatever. This guy is, or if you've got rockets in your fists. This guy is pure lineage. Do you know what I mean? He is pure, he's okay. pure blood. You love that. Do you know you what I mean? You love all that shit, don't you? Listen, I was watching Harry Potter with the kids yesterday. Yeah. The kids have got fucking chicken pox, and we had a little bit of Harry Potter action on. Yeah. And what you're describing, these jujitsu guys, yeah. they're mudbloods. <laughs> they're mudbloods. This guy is pure lineage. Is it? Pure lineage. And, right. you know, as he said afterwards, he was like, you know, whatever, that's fucking routine shit for me. That that was the tip of the iceberg of what this guy could potentially do. Now, I'm not doubting what you're saying. Like Damian Meyer, is it enough? Is it enough? But don't forget, Damian Meyer, kind of like Fabrizio Verdun, yeah. kind of like, there's quite a few jiu-jitsu guys that get into this sport, they start, they make their name submitting the fuck out of people, punch. and right. then they go, okay. oh yeah, well actually, yeah, you know, I'm training with this guy now, so I'm going to start knocking people out. And then, listen, Fabrizio Verdun become, become a world champion because of his, the Mai Tai that was put on him by Rafael Cadero, don't get me wrong. However, it's different with them because they're trying to be all-round mixed martial artists. Cron Gracie is like, I am the Gracie family. We started this fucking game with one way to win, and I'm going to continue to win that way. There's no pressure on him to ever knock anybody out. I don't want to see him knock anyone out. We talked about it last week. His family would disown him if he knocked someone out. <laughs> he has got to submit everybody all the way to the top. And the thing is, he will get the opportunities as well because of who he is and because of the name he is. First person to tweet after he won, fucking Conor McGregor, it's an honour to have you in the sport. Like People respect the lineage, respect his family. It's a, pure, it's a weird jiu-jitsu stoner thing. You know what they're like? They're like a cult jiu-jitsu people. And once you're in that cult, you're in it for life. Do you know what I mean? They're like this weird fucking thing. And he's going to get mad respect in the sport and he will continue to do nothing but take people's necks. And for that, I'm fucking super excited. Absolutely, I'm excited. Um, <clears throat> where are you at with Henning Brown? I am... Um, because that losing streak is still going, bro. Yeah, I think it's I think it's probably time the UFC will cut him loose now. Yeah. Because... It's an amazing fall from grace, isn't it? From being the best bantamweight on the planet in many people's eyes yeah. to where he's at right now is mad. Just that's he's just falling off a cliff. I was um I just remember when he when he won the championship. I was in London. Must be six years ago now. I was in London, he fought Michael McDonald um in Wembley, Wembley Arena, one of them, and he became the UFC champion. And right there and then you were like, boom, this is it. Him and his pal Jose Aldo's the champion of lightweights. These fucking guys are running this game now. And after that he steamed through Uriah Faber and you're like, yeah man, this is the guy. Then he lost the belt to TJ Dillashaw, which was it. a massive surprise. And since then, what? Has he won one? Has he won two in the last fucking 10 fights or whatever it is? Mm. I don't know. He's tried to play around. He's tried to move up to featherweight. He's moved back down to bantamweight. You know, and it's not like, not every opponent is a Jeremy Stevens. You know, this guy, Luke Sanders, was brought in. You know, Andre Ewell before this. These are fringe guys in the UFC. I, I think. I think the UFC will cut them loose. Mm. They will cut them loose. And uh, you know what? It's probably not a bad thing because he's not the Hen and Barrow he once was. Mm. He's, a, he's a shadow of the, of, the, of the monster that he used to be. Mm. It's scary. Um, that's the UFC. I didn't catch any of the Cage Warriors. You were there. Is anything stand out from that Cage Warriors card in, uh, in Liverpool? Yeah, it was brilliant. You know, and uh, as I say, the main event was a little bit of a letdown in terms of in terms of what happened to both Bukachu, who, by the way, uh, had surgery on his leg and you know I was told he was flying back to France on, on Monday so hopefully he makes a complete recovery although it probably will be a long one 
Um, but I'm gutted for Tom Aspinall, you know, been around Tom, been around the t- Carbon camp and everything else, and everyone's buzzing there at the moment with Grundy getting on the UFC bill, Till getting in shape for, for the UFC event, and it's like, right, okay, here's Tom's first fight in three years, headlining Cage Warriors, fucking let's mm, do it, and mm. I was speaking to him afterwards, he was devastated, absolutely devastated afterwards, and, uh, you know, I was like, this is fight sports, unfortunately, sometimes shit happens, it's not, and he, he was saying that all the work I've been doing, you know, I wanted to show people, and he was like, for the first round, I was just going to feel him out and just have a little bit of a move around and get a little bit of a sweat on. And then in the second round, I really wanted to step up the pace and show everyone what I can actually do. And he said, it just didn't get, it just didn't get started. You know, we they circled each other a few times. Uh, Tom had fired out a jab or two, was getting a nice bit of head movement going, and then he fainted something. And Bukachu, as you do against against strikers, you know, he threw a leg kick at that front leg, thinking, take the base from under, under Aspinall, slow him down. And Tom just lifted his leg and just checked it. And it just, it just his, his shin just wrapped around the back of Tom's left leg. And we, you've probably all seen it now, Viley. Mm-hmm. Dolly Crew, the Cage Warriors photographer, absolutely caught the moment from the most perfect angle. But I know Cage Warriors, and we retweeted it, put the actual moment out anyway. And that was the thing I said to Tom. I said, shitty situation, shitty especially for Bukachu, but... In a perverse world, was that not a brilliant thing that happened to yeah. Aspinall because his moment gets viral? Mm. You know, if he knocks him out or it's a, it's a referee stoppage, does it go as viral as that? Probably doesn't. I know that's a shit sadistic way to look at things, but that's kind of the way Aspinall's got to take it now. But uh, from the card itself, there was a cracking. I had the two lads there now on my show, Tim Barnett and Adam Ventry, the two Merseysiders who had a bit of a derby fight on there. Ventry absolutely won the first round, looked brilliant, even though he was way out of his weight division. But Barnett, eventually, that size, that strength just caught up with Ventry and he finished them with some excellent some power knees and some good punches but it was a card littered with talent there was about fucking 16 fights on there as well um, and it was really enjoyable man I love, I love Cage Warriors shows fun? yeah they did it at the exhibition centre which is next door to the MS Bank Arena and I was chatting to the Cage Warriors staff and they were like actually it's an exhibition space so it's just an, yeah, open, it's yeah, just yeah. an open lot basically and they went they can actually put seats in here and, and make it for 10,000 people which is actually bigger than the, the actual arena itself Bizarrely enough, they never set it up for that. Obviously, there was probably about you know five, six thousand in there. I'm guessing, but the atmosphere was wicked mm-hmm. because they had loads of local local guys on and stuff like that. So mm. it was a good show. Disappointed for Aspinall, over the moon for Barnett after the nightmare 2018. He bounced back in style, but mm. yeah, man. Now, as we said at the start of the show, there will be a video of of Nick with Chris Fishgold going on our YouTube, even though Nick wasn't listening and maybe has forgot about that he did that interview last week. Uh, that'll be going on our YouTube at this point. But let's talk about Fishy. Great opportunity yeah. for him uh, this weekend. UFC Prague. Um, and he has waited such a long period of time to get himself involved with the UFC. We know about his escapades with uh, with Cage Warriors. He's mopped up at, at that level. Yeah. And this is an opportunity for him to, uh, to really start making some statements now on uh, what we would class as the Champions League franchise. Yeah, as I say, the video will be up there this week. I was chatting to him uh, on Saturday night, and um, weird thing is, I've 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 known Chris Fishgold for ten years, maybe a bit less. You know, I've known him for an awful long time. I've been around him. I've never ever had a sit down interview with him before. I've never ever done a one on one with him because he's not he's not big on media anyway. He just loves the sport. He loves being a, a martial artist. And when I seen him on Saturday, I was like, "We are doing an interview. We're fucking doing it," and. Um, it shocked me because I've been around him before and he's super quiet. You know, he's one of them guys, gets his work done, goes out the exit. You know, he doesn't really stick around. And I was thinking, okay, this, you know, this this might be a little bit like hard work and whatever. I tell you what, he was insane. 
He was brilliant. One of the best interviews I've done for a long time. Super chatty. And he was like, I'm, I'm probably quite round a bend here because I haven't had carbs for two weeks. But he was just fueled on adrenaline. He was loving it. Obviously, the Cage Warriors action was going on. And he was like, listen, I got thrown a tough one. You know, I went out to Canada for my debut. Mm, for Calvin mm. Qatar, who's a fucking rank guy. He's a strong guy. And I knew that was going to be tough. And obviously, he was devastated. All the things come into play. Inactivity. Fighting in Canada for the first time. When he flew in, he was way over his weight. So he had to get his weight under control. You know, he wasn't making excuses for the defeat because he was like, I needed it. I needed that defeat because it puts me now back at a level to be hungry again. Because he said there was one point in Cage Warriors where he's winning so often, he was kind of going through the motions. He wasn't really in love with the sport. And uh, I say, go and watch all the interview, but he's, he's fired up for this weekend. He sees David Timor as a, I wouldn't say an easy meal, but basically he said, if I can't fucking smash David Timor to bits, I've got no business being in the UFC anyway. That's Chris Frischgold's attitude. Go and watch the video on YouTube. Mm. Good man. Um, the main event, as I'm pumped up for the main event. We're, we're between Jan Vlakovic and, uh, and uh, Thiago Santos. Obviously, we've seen both of these guys in with Jimmy. And uh, they've both beaten Jimmy. In different ways, but they've both beaten Jimmy. My learns from uh, their fights with Jimmy is that uh, Jan Vlakovic as a head like a fucking breeze block. Yeah. It's going to take something very, very special to get rid of him. Tiago Santos, since moving up in weight, has been knocking dudes out for fun. Is But there's still this thing with me and him where I'm thinking, is he really a light heavyweight or is, or is he a is middle? He a middleweight? I, d- I don't know. I don't know. I think this is the moment this weekend where we find out because Jan Blakovic is tough as fuck. And if Tiago Santos can get rid of him this weekend, we've got to start talking, mate. He's in the mix. Someone's got to give him a shout. Um, maybe an eliminator fight for uh, for John Jones. Yeah, yeah, I know. And uh, I don't know why. I think it's because I've been spoiled a little bit with Blachowicz. I've seen him fight so often, and you know, all me 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 head is telling me this is another five round punch points division for Blachowicz. Yeah, you know, he's building up a bit of momentum. That's what now. it says on paper, doesn't it? But we don't know enough with with San, uh, with Thiago. Knowing how strong he is at two hundred five, the fact that he smoked Jimmy. Yeah. So he bangs. We know he can bang. Will Will him smoking Jimmy make Blachowicz fight the way for Jimmy the second time, which was don't don't fucking engage in exchanges, work his way through the fight, you know, keep Jimmy at length, then work on the inside, take him down, tying him out. I think Tiago Santos blowing away Jimmy has made Blachowicz the red flag come up. I think there was more chance of it being a brawl, but now I think Blachowicz is just going to get in there and try and grind him out and get the job done. The point is, can Tiago Santos keep him off long enough to catch him with a big shot? That's what I'm hoping for. Yeah. You know, I feel like Tiago Santos, rather like Anthony Smith, could breathe a little bit of new life into this light heavyweight division. Let's be honest, Jimmy and Jan Blachowicz have been in and around the top 10 for the last couple of years, but none of them have been able to make that jump to contender status. I think if Thiago Santos can smoke Blachevic on the back of smoking Jimmy, I think that 100% pushes him forward as a viable contender. Mm. Um, what are the other fights that uh, stick out for you? Is the John Dodson, Petter Jan fight something that uh, tickles your taste buds? Yeah, that'll be fun. Obviously, I'm looking out for fish gold as well. Uh, I think uh, Ankalaev against the Brew, the light heavyweights there, I think that could steal the show as well. I like that. Uh, Magomed Ankalaev, he's an absolute beast. Another one of these fucking Dagestani monsters. Um he was the guy that he's he was undefeated 
Well, sorry, I'll rephrase that. He should be 12-0 and undefeated, but he was the guy in London. Remember we were doing a radio show from London and we watched our boy from Scotland, Paul Craig, get absolutely beat the fuck up yeah. for 14 minutes and 50 seconds. Yeah. And then right at the death from nowhere, Paul Craig threw up a, a triangle choke and bizarrely enough, um, won the fight. He won the fight in the, with a second to go. Ankalaev had their fucking fight won, but he tapped with literally a second to go. He's won since then, Ankalaev, but... This guy's on a little bit of a mission, I think, to uh, to make a bit of a, a name for himself again. So I'm going to go with Ankalaev stoppage, the opening up the main card in Prague. Mm. But it's good, man. It, you know, again, it's it's very heavily weighted towards European. So uh, that Pedro Soli, the kid from Italy, is back on here as well against Dwight Grant. That could be a good fight. Um, and there's, you know, it, like with all these European cards now, they're littered with these Dagestanians, these Russians. You know, there's a Kabalov on there, there's a Ismagobalov on there. There's fucking. I'm surprised. Ismagobalov. I'm surprised there's not. <laughs> Slobber down me cock, you bitch. <laughs> He's from Russia. He's on there as well. There's a few of them on there, yeah. There's a few. Uh, Ismagobalov. Ismagobalovadov. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they're all on there. So yeah, man, it's it's one of them as always with these fight night cards. You don't stay away from them because you're bound to see something fucking crazy. As soon as this podcast goes up, I know full well we're getting a message from Ben Chilly from uh, from the UFC going, you don't pronounce it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Every week. Maybe you should. Maybe we should bring out our own uh, little... Alternative commentary. Yeah, like a little... Di- Isma Gobbledabadov has just took down the yummy yummy yabberets. <laughs> Brilliant. Making it up more as, entertaining. Just make it up as we go yeah, along. exactly, yeah. Just start calling him... Um, you know, like on, on the Fools and Noises... Just give him a call. Everybody Dave or something like that, or give him a give him a, a an English name just to make it a little bit easier for everybody. Do you know, like when sometimes you phone a, a call center, yeah, and they say that the name's Dave or Karen. No, no, you're fucking not. That's know, not yeah. your name, right? You're not called Dave. What's your real name? It's Dave. No, it's not. It's not at all, mate. <laughs> anyway, um, that's happening this weekend. So make sure you get stuck into it. Uh, thank you very much uh, for bearing with us and uh, being very patient before the uh, the show came your way. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. We will be uh, obviously back next week. Yeah, I did a Molly McCann interview at the weekend as well. Oh, you remembered, have you? Yeah. Fantastic. So well, well, if, if I don't get that up this week, I know we've got a lot what of... What do you mean you won't get that up this week? You did it last weekend. What do you mean you won't get it up this week? Well, we've got a lot of content going online this week. We've got the Fish Gold interview. You've got some boxing stuff going up there with yeah. the Gale and, yeah. uh, and Eubank. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, I might save Molly till next week. Right. <laughs> Ahead of UFC London. Ah, see there what you're doing. Go. See what I mean? See what you did there. Right, okay, fair enough. I'm going to go and see Grundy this week as well. I didn't think he was around. Joe Grundy got married two weeks ago mm. and Colin had him in the gym on the Monday morning. No honeymoon. No honeymoon, son. Honeymoon on standby. You haven't even booked it yet. I said, right, there's our line in. Waiting for his 50 grand bonus before he goes on holiday. That's it. So, yeah, man, he's He's, he's going to go full till, isn't he? He's buzzing. I've seen him again on Saturday and he's he's fucking... He's buzzing, but he's but he's buzzing Grundy like, and you know Nad Nadamani. For all respect to Nad, you know this is a you know this is a fight that on paper this is life. Yeah, man, this is it. This is it. You know, mm. both these guys are gonna fucking go at it. I'm so excited for that London card. Can't wait to start yeah, talking about that because meant. it's just packed. Mm. Um, you can subscribe to this via iTunes. Fight Disciples is what you're looking for. FightDisciples.com is our website for Android feeds. If you need Spotify or anything like that, and all our social medias at Fight Disciples, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, and YouTube, go there and you can get The Fight Disciples at The Fight Disciples on Instagram, all right? We'll catch you next time. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.